John Wayne just jumps at the camera, yeah. throwing himself to the ground, shotgun style. And uh, we cut cut away, and the duel is out of frame. You love that stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Podhard. My name is Jonas Högberg. Yeah, hello and welcome to Podhard. My name is Anders Hultqvist. Yeah, we can swap each other's uh, intros out here. Maybe we can uh, do them in sync. That would be something awesome, special, groovy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're adopting our broadest American accents because today we're watching a western. All right. Yeah, we've been neglecting the Western genre since day one. And now we're up to snuff. <laughs> well, I did talk a bit about the Atomics movie. Uh, so uh, a teeny, teeny bit of Western we've managed to squeeze yeah. in. But uh, yeah, generally we've been... A faint whiff. We've been uh, piss poor with the Western. But uh, this is about to change as... Uh, the coming weeks will be all about westerns. We're doing three westerns from 1939. Wow, what a year, apparently. And today we're watching <laughs> that day-old uh, classic, or how you call it. Uh, we're watching Stagecoach, uh, one of the great movies. One of the great westerns, I believe, many western aficionados would say. Yeah, and this one is also on my list of shame. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't seen well, it. Well, uh, okay, this is uh, a bit strange because I know we saw Stagecoach in uh, film school. Uh, maybe you were absent that day. Yeah, maybe I blinked and missed it. Maybe you blinked and maybe you uh, slept through the movie. I don't know. But uh, that's where I saw it uh, the first time. Um, and uh, okay. everybody talked about, oh, yeah, all of these characters in the movies... They're these uh, typical um, basic stock characters that you can use and switch around. You have the boozy doctor. Uh, you have the upper class uh, twitty lady. Um, and you have, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the whore with the heart gold. And uh, we have the uh, rogue outlaw that is just so dashing and... Uh, oh. Fantastic. Um, and uh, basically this is like the first time they like smashed all of these characters together um, and got some kind of a morality tale out of it. I mean, all of the people you or the all of the people people back in the day thought were swell people. Uh, that is people with uh, high and upstanding uh, professions like a banker. Uh, all of those dudes, they're douchebags. And all of the um, outlaws and, uh, you know, um, more clandestine characters, they were really, they were the uh, the heroes of the story. So this is, uh, is going to be some interesting flick, man. <laughs> and it's the one, uh, all the old-timey uh, classic uh, 
stunt geezers uh, wish they had been in or done the big stunt. So, so that's the, the pod hard appeal. Yeah, this episode we're going to talk about the legend that is Yakima Kanat. Perhaps the greatest or at least most uh, famous stunt coordinator of all time. So yeah, we're, ha- we're having a deuce of an episode in front of us, Anders. Uh, let's uh, jump in. Let's do it. And with that, we're back, everybody. We've seen Stagecoach. Um, yeah, Anders, was that to your liking? Do you feel that you've... Um, exercised your demons regarding this movie. Did I have demons regarding it? <laughs> you know, initially I was gonna be like the the, the negative, ah uh, oh man, it's uh, oversimplified and uh, obvious. But you know, I got dragged, I got pulled in. It's, uh, it's great stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think so too, actually. I, I mean, there's I an think, efficiency uh, to 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 the directing and the writing here, and and all the actors are are doing their parts, and uh, it just moves along at a, it just at a, uh, like a clockwork at a pace. No, no. Ah, like a clockwork. <laughs> there we have it. The new, the uh, new thing for you to say. Uh, yeah, and we talked about this during the movie that uh, we saw that uh, Orson Welles had seen this movie like. 40 to 60 times before he uh, directed uh, Citizen Kane, his first movie, and that he thought that uh, Stagecoach was like his film school, that he learned everything about the craft from this, uh, from simply watching this movie, uh, how to edit the movie, uh, how to make sure all the scenes has a purpose, to make sure that everything moves at the pace. Um, Yeah, so uh, apparently all you need to do really is to watch Stagecoach and you'll make films. Yeah, so when you hear stuff like that, that's when I usually want to be the... the, What's the... The crank. The crank! Yeah. (laughs) The curmudgeon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. But I really like that. I, I I got swept away. And I mean, it's such a great build-up. First, there's a, a a long build-up to if if we take it from an action point of view, there's a long build-up to a really great mm-hmm, set mm-hmm. piece, and then there's an yeah. even better uh, build-up uh, towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to a, a, to the, a very to small the... uh, set piece, yeah, a set yeah. piece that is uh, not even shown or not that much of it. Uh, I was going to get an- to that. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. Let's uh, start from the beginning, like we usually do. But I, um, I didn't make any notes or any stuff because it's it it is. Oh. Uh, I mean, you were mesmerized. Uh, <laughs> no, but what what is there for Pod Hard to say? It's uh, <laughs> it's a well made movie. I mean, <laughs> there's. <laughs> it is a well made movie. You got. I, I, I can only talk. I can only talk about the weird little uh, offshoots and oddities, and and this is just uh, it is what what it is set out to do, uh, more or less. Well, can I can I talk a bit about uh, John Ford and John Wayne before we get into the movie? You can talk uh, about whatever you want. Oh, okay. 
Wow, you're being very generous now. Um, Amuse me, dear sir. Well, uh, this was a sort of a pet project for John Ford. Uh, I mean, he directed uh, like silent westerns in the 20s, but then during all of the 30s, he was like out of the western genre. Um, and then he felt like, yeah, let's like, like sort of uh, re-energize the western. I mean, before Stagecoach and uh, some other movies from 39, another... There was lots of westerns in 1939. Not only those we're going to see, but a lot of other stuff as well. Um, and all of them sort of re-energized the, the genre. And before, in the 30s, uh, westerns had been like B-movies. Um, no one really wanted to see them. The, they were considered um, a lesser genre. Um, maybe because it was uh, more focused on uh, action and stuff like that. Um, and nobody really digged the vibe of the Western, of the Wild West anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, John, uh, John Ford wanted to uh, bring it back and uh, give some new energy to it. And, I mean, the uh, genre yeah. had been around for decades already, so oh yeah, <laughs> so maybe a bit I mean, fatigued. <laughs> I mean, so, some some would say that the first uh, ever real, <laughs> the the lo the first feature movie uh, was the Great Train Robbery, a western. So yeah, um, of course, western is as old as it gets. Um, and I mean, the Wild West was was still uh, happening back when uh, movies were made for the first time back in the 1890s. So, uh, and I mean, um, um, Tom Mix, who we talked about a bit earlier, he and uh, John Ford were like best buds with uh, Wyatt Earp, who was like a consultant on a lot of uh, silent westerns. Um, so yeah, the old uh, western. Uh, heroes and stars that were that were actually in the wild west uh, they were a big part of the early western movies um, and uh, yeah and that brings us to john wayne the dude who was originally named marion morrison i mean can you imagine being called marion morrison that's not a butch classic uh, hardcore name it's pretty cool yeah, I, I do. I do like it as well. Uh, and he was, he was nicknamed the Duke after his own dog. <laughs> he used to uh, walk around on the streets uh, as a 10 year old with his uh, dog. And there was someone that saw him that was like, oh, there's little Duke out with Duke. And so he was called Duke. Uh, well, John Wayne, he got uh, a break as a prop boy and an extra um, via Tom Mix in the 20s. And uh, later on, he got the chance as the lead in Raoul Walsh, The Big Trail in 1930. That movie was like uh, a big, uh, it was like box office poison. And so John Wayne had to endure in the swamp of the B-movie westerns for the rest of the 30s. Up until 1939, when he was given the chance in Stagecoach. Uh, John Ford had always had a keen eye for Wayne. Um, and Wayne had, uh, during this time, been uh, buddies with uh, Jackie McCannot, um, the famous stunt coordinator for this movie. Um, and apparently John Wayne sort of based a lot of his uh, persona 
a pun, Jackie McConnett, who was the real deal. He was a rodeo star that uh, also was a minor silent star in the 20s. Um, but when movie uh, movies turned to talkies, uh, he couldn't uh, be um, in front of the camera anymore. Uh, not with his face and say things. He had a sp- very special voice, didn't he? Yeah, apparently he, he said himself uh, that he talked like a hillbilly in a well. <laughs> Which begs the question, <laughs> wow, I want to hear him talk. That sounds amazing. Um, but apparently uh, John Wayne based uh, a lot of his own talking in westerns upon Yakima Kanat. So we can actually listen to John Wayne and uh, see a lot of Yakima Kanat in him. Uh, he, John Wayne's famous uh, walking almost um, it's almost like a drawl it's, <laughs> it's almost like he's drawling his walking uh, but uh, yeah and that was uh, Giacomo Canat as well um, so uh, but not only did Giacomo Canat give uh, John Wayne everything uh, he also was a big part of how westerns uh, action sequences was uh, changed of course, um, he became a stuntman in the 30s and uh, um, and during the end of the 30s, he started doing like stunt coordinating. I don't think it was called stunt coordinator in that time, um, but he was essentially doing stunt coordinating, um, sort of like uh, telling the director, oh, we should do it like this. And you should have the camera uh, at this angle to capture the action um, in the best way, um, in the best frame. Uh, and Giacomo Canat and John Wayne apparently also uh, invented like uh, fisticuffs for movies as well, which is very interesting for Pod Hard. But we didn't actually see any fisticuffs in this movie. That was a drag, of course. <laughs> uh, but we'll get to that, I think, in the 40s. Um, yeah, it, it's the classic, you know, angle where you're like uh, positioned like behind someone and you see someone clobber the other person, but you don't get that uh, sort of depth of field. Uh, so you get tricked into seeing that, tricked into thinking that they connect with their fists. Um, so that was all uh, Yakima Kanat. Uh, and he also did a lot of uh, horse riding and horse stunts. Um, and I guess we'll get into that as we talk about Stagecoach uh, in more in detail. Uh, but that's my setup for it. Now let's get into the <laughs> bits and parts and nooks. In, into the Stagecoach. Let's get into the Stagecoach because that's uh, sort of like the first thing happening, man. Yeah, a couple of people getting into a stagecoach roaming about. Yeah, a couple of geezers. A couple of geezers. <laughs> yeah, there's some different <laughs> character types. Uh, I guess a, a, a slice of society or something. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, a drunk doctor. Yeah, everybody. What are they? <laughs> you said uh, <laughs> you already said it in the in the yeah in the pre-talk. I mean, you got uh, the prostitute with the heart of gold. You got the Dallas. dirty rotten banker. Um, you got the card shark gambler. Um, I don't know if the whiskey salesman actually was um uh, sort <laughs> of a, a a character that was uh, used, but this meek, uh, very 
um, afraid character. I guess that was a... You mean Mr. Meek? Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Meek. I mean, this this dude is actually played by Donald Meek. His name implies what he plays. It's fantastic. Uh, and I have to say, Donald Meek, he's like the highlight of the movie almost. He's great. All these little nuances in his acting. Um, he's so fantastically <laughs> comical in everything he does. I love him. <laughs> I knew you'd like that uh, that geezer. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a grade A geezer, man. Uh, and a, another <laughs> another geezer. So it's a four out of five. <laughs> yeah, that's on the geezer. That's meter. a four out of five geezer. Uh, almost five. Um, and almost five on the geezer meter. I don't know, folks. You heard it here first. Uh, the alcoholic stagecoach. The alcoholic doctor is, of course, another geezer. Um, and uh, the scene it all stage driver. I think he's a bit younger though, but he's he he's gonna get into geezer territory <laughs> very soon. Uh, he's also great, played by uh, uh, Andy Devine, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, the stage coach. He's great. Uh, he, he, he he screams when he talks. Uh, and he's always got this... I mean, this... he can't, uh, yeah, he can't hold a tone. So he's, uh, he's in his teens always. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a very shrill uh, voice. Uh, it, it's always <laughs> breaking apart. <laughs> Uh, and oh, sounds great, man. And there's a lot of cutaway uh, images of him riding the stagecoach and uh, like berating his horses and uh, shouting to the marshal who's uh, riding shotgun with him. Uh, and all of those, uh, I, I'm always happy when they cut away to him and he's like, <laughs> oh, Great stuff, great stuff. But it's a really cute uh, love story at heart here as well between the kid and, and Dallas, the so-called fallen woman. Yeah. Uh, they accept each other, uh, although, uh, yeah, society doesn't. Yeah, exactly. So, kind of nice. And I mean... And, and, they, and, and they, spoiler alert, do get to get a, a happy ending as well. Yeah, I'm guessing it. They weren't big on 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 what you call them sad endings in the 30s, so I don't think it was uh, that uh, that weird that Westerns had a happy <laughs> no, ending but, back but, then. Uh, no, but no, but I I I was thinking that she would get killed or something because mm. of her background. Uh, that is uh, usually how it goes in in later days. Uh, it seems so. So uh, mm, yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, uh, there, in, in there's that like it's like an inverted morality morality place almost. Yeah, morality <laughs> piece almost. Uh, I mean, all of the fallen characters they they're great and uh, yeah, treated like humans. They treat human like beings. humans absolutely, <laughs> and uh, yeah. It all works out for them. So that's great. Um, but all of these uh, fantastic characters, they, they uh, gather in this uh, stagecoach. Uh, and we're, giving, uh, we're given some, um, some small exposition. Uh, there's like a couple of dudes in a, like, um, in a fort uh, talking to a, an, um, an Indian. Was it like a Mojave Indian or... Ah, anyway, I they they warn that the Apaches are on the warpath, 
and they get a telegraph note that has one name written on it, Geronimo. So everybody is taken aback, aghast. Oh, oh no, what to do, what to do? And the stagecoach is gonna go straight through this uh, war. So, oops. Yeah, some tension. Tension building for ya. Yeah, that that's uh, a good thing for an action movie. Tension. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of tension between the characters as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Stuff is going on. Stuff is they going on. They are dilly-dallying and uh, <laughs> no, we're going dilly- off at each other. We're dilly-dallying, man. We're always dilly-dallying. <laughs> so they go off at each other and they go off uh, at the sunset and they go off uh, at different uh, yeah. things. You, you you soon get the the picture. John Ford loves Monument uh, Monumental Valley. Uh, this is the first... Uh, hey, man. This place looks amazing. And I get it, yeah. Have you been there? No, I've never been there. I think it's like in Arizona. I'm guessing now. Um, I haven't looked it up, uh, but... Uh, yeah, it's supposedly a beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, this was the first time <laughs> Ford filmed it. Uh, and he fell in love with it, as you can see, because he reuses uh, <laughs> a lot of the... Uh, uh, not uh, not the same images, but he like films the stagecoach <laughs> in various parts of the valley with these giant um, uh, domes of rock in the, in the background. Um, yeah, but that, that first big shot of, of, of the coach going uh, across the landscape and, and we see this in, in the background stretching out. Uh, I mean, uh, damn, I was almost like, it, it, it almost like looks uh, unreal. Yeah, you were thinking CGI, like green think. screen, it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a green screen. No, but, but it's, a, it's a great use of environment. Is this early animation, man? What's happening? <laughs> is this Avatar? <laughs> this is not Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of these images, and uh, we get um, a lot of uh, stagecoach riding. Um, they meet <laughs> up with uh, the Ringo Kid, um, and we get um, a great introduction to John Wayne as an action hero. Uh, John Ford has this uh, dolly shot where the, cam- the camera is pushing in as he is doing his, uh, he's loading his shotgun. Uh, nowadays we would say Arnold Schwarzenegger style, but yeah, it was uh, John <laughs> Wayne who did it first. Well, I don't know if he did it first, but he, he was the one who made it famous, of course. It's an iconic shot. Yeah, it's an iconic shot. And uh, I love when the camera... Doesn't matter if someone did it before because he blew it away. Yeah, (laughs) totally. And I mean, the camera... Shotgun style. The camera goes straight up into his uh, face, almost like a Sergio Leone uh, Uh, close-up. So you get a little bit uh, wet. Yeah, I I was a bit... Ooh, la la, now we're talking. And uh, I love his... um, That the way his eyes are moving in this close-up, he's scanning the environment, and he's not, you know, uh, he's not the classic action hero, all swagger and style. He seems a bit nervous, actually. Um, so there's a lot of nuances here as well. He's also, he's pretty gentle. I mean, uh, yeah, he's got a gentle touch. Absolutely. 
And I mean, we've talked yeah. a bit about uh, these action heroes, how they're always douchebags. <laughs> uh, up until now, almost. Uh, John Wayne is really a, a gentleman with the ladies. Um, and I guess you have to see westerns to get that, I guess. Um, in all <laughs> other movies we've seen, they're always douchebags, all the dudes. And we can't figure <laughs> out why are the ladies interested in these... Uh, persons yeah nice seeing someone treating uh, women as as human beings yeah great great stuff <laughs> uh, so uh, Ringo Kid, he plays Ringo Kid, and Ringo Kid is on the lam he's escaped uh, from prison uh, the marshal um, he says uh, that he'll put him in jail um, but he's also heading for this uh, town the stagecoach uh, final destination because that's where he will duel with the man who killed his brother so he has he's on a revenge mission um and the marshal he sort of likes ringo kid and uh he he feels that he should put him back in jail because that would be best for him um he would probably get killed in the fight against these um, hoodlums in uh lordstown i think the city is called um, so there's a lot of dueling emotions here. But uh, for the meantime, uh, Ringo the Kid um, gets uh, a seat in the stagecoach and we're off again. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little uh, tightly knitted uh, chamber play. Yeah. Going to another tight uh, <clears throat> place. They they arrive at, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, a place? A haberdash. A fort? A haberdash. That's what I was That's taught the... in The Hateful Eight, the Quentin Tarantino yeah. movie that is obviously sort of like an homage <laughs> to Stagecoach. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And haberdash. A haberdash. Let's, let's call it a haberdash. Yes. So more uh, chamber play stuff. Yeah. Um... Going about. Yeah and, yeah, and slowly we start to build up to, to the big set piece. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Um, we get some more of these uh, <laughs> scenes where Ringo the Kid and Dallas is like, uh, they're like pariah and everybody else uh, wants to sit uh, far away from them at the dinner table. Um, yeah, and and uh, the posh lady, she, she uh, gives birth to a daughter. And everybody is like, oh, yeah. And the doctor needs to sober up. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of um, um, character stuff going on in these uh, haberdashes. I think it, there's like two haberdashes. Um, but, yeah, then finally we're on the road. Um, two haberdashes. Finally we get some cowboys uh. and Indians. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a pretty spectacular yeah. set piece, man. It's a big ass uh, set piece. Uh, some great camera placement here. I, I liked uh, w when they go uh, before the it all breaks out. They go over a, a river with a stagecoach, and there was a, the camera was shooting up above from the roof. It was pretty cool. And then in in the big chase scene, there's a this low angle from uh, the side of the stagecoach. Uh, that was really 
intense stuff. Mm, almost um, like uh, ground filming with the camera. Um, yeah. Mm. Like in a car chase. Yeah. So many great shots uh, here. Yeah, and the, the stagecoach and all of the um, attacking Apache Indians, uh, they're, they're really um, punishing their horses. It's they're, they're going top speed here. That's evident. Um, so that's an added bonus to the um, um, the action. Yeah, lots of uh, horse uh, falls here. It really feels like it's high stakes here. Um, if you fall off, you might die. And there's these great shots where where you really feel that they, they, there are so many people involved. It's a really mass. It's this mass scene going on. There's a great the the shot where. Uh, the kid jumps down from the stagecoach and jumps between the horses. Uh, you see all these horses in the background riding around and uh, really cool Yeah. Uh, shots. Yeah, you almost feel like, uh, <laughs> what, is this done with a green screen? This looks uh, awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was done for real. And it was, of course, Yakima Kanat who doubled John Wayne here, uh, jumping from horse to horse. Uh, yeah, he is a Kanat. Yeah, he's a Kanat. And it was also Kanat who did, uh, who doubled an Indian, the Indian who jumps uh, from his horse to the uh, uh, stagecoach horses, uh, gets shot by John Wayne and drops to the ground, appears to be trampled by all of the horses uh, and goes under the stagecoach. And the camera yeah. follows him all the way. It's a great shot. <laughs> the big, it's the big stunt. Yeah, it's a fantastic stunt. I mean, it looks, uh, it looks dangerous as hell. Uh, and Yakima Kanat uh, has talked about uh, this stunt in great detail. Um, he did it a lot of times in different movies. Uh, this is, of course, the most famous. Uh, but there's like five movies where he's done this stunt. This was like his specialty. Um, and he always talked about uh, you You really needed the horses to go at full speed because if they were like uh, uh, running at like, uh, like a lower speed, they would uh, not be as controlled in their forward motion. They could like run to the side a bit. So it was really... Yeah, they got to go in a straight line. Yeah, they really needed to go to, in a straight line for him to be able to pass through them um, under the stagecoach uh, and then be free of the uh, uh, the potential trampling. Um, so yeah, and he really needed to uh, jut in his arms and uh, elbows and uh, shoulders and all that. So it was a lot of technique going into this stunt, of course. Uh, and you can actually see when the camera uh, follows Kanat uh, that he <laughs> he almost gets up after the stunt uh, even su he, he's supposed to be dead like <laughs> but it seems like oh yeah i really did it oh man <laughs> <laughs> yeah he gets shot two times but i mean he, he could get up and stumble about and, and die uh, yeah i guess uh, la later I, I think it works but it looks sort of funny but uh, yeah i i can <laughs> i can understand him and at the, at the same time you you really want to say oh man did i just pass through all that oh my crap and uh, i'm alive and when he uh, and when he went up to John Ford and asked if uh, they had gotten it on uh, on camera, 
uh, and if he needed to do the stunt again, John Ford said, I don't know if we got it. I don't care. I don't ever want to do that again. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there was a lot riding on this one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, apparently it's the same with the falling technique they, for horses. They have to go mm. at a certain speed to not get hurt. Oh, are you thinking uh, about the run, the running W manager uh, maneuver? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so too. You talked a bit about. Uh, I mean, obviously, Giacomo Canetta invented this technique where you like have a wire, um, and you pull the wire, and you make the horses um, fall to the ground um, to get some cool. Yeah, I think shots. it was an old Mexican technique to to rile up mm. uh, horses that that were running okay uh, I've, I've been listening and i recommend everyone to listen to the stunt pod where mm. where they interview old uh, stunt geezers nice <laughs> new stunt geezers as well uh, legendary stuntmen and younger talents uh, it, it's just great but they talked uh, a bit about the these uh, horse stunts mm. that if you i think it has to be made at a certain speed as well uh, and then the horse just tumble and doesn't hurt itself uh, cannot supposedly made over 300 uh, horse stunts and never hurt a horse. Oh, so they wow. were more worried about the stuntmen. <laughs> okay. So, so the stuntmen could ha- get underneath the oh, horses yeah, of and, course. and stuff. So that, that was the more dangerous. Supposedly there was a western later that uh, that filmed a stunt at too slow and the horse died and they kept um, it in the movie. Ooh. And there was an outcry. Uh, okay. But I don't remember the title of this movie. Well, so that, that's when they changed a lot. I mean, we've talked about the running W manage- maneuver uh, earlier in Podhard. Uh, we talked a bit about it in our Swashbuckler special. Um, I believe there was uh, a lot of horses being killed in the uh, Crusade of the Light Brigades uh, or whatever it's called yeah yeah Curtis didn't care much about an- anything I mean that's really. it's obvious <laughs> Canut wasn't on the set for that movie um, if it's what you say that he never hurt a horse he really knew his stuff I don't know if that's true but I mean these were uh, horse guys mm. he, he was most famous for being uh, into horse yeah, stunts yeah. and stuff and uh, yeah maybe there's uh, some respect between between them or maybe i'm wrong uh, well there was sort of like uh, i know that they like introduced um, a code for treating animals better in like 1940s that needed to treat animals better in while making movies so that's when a lot of horses were saved i guess <laughs> From these uh, lesser uh, stunt coordinators uh, pulling the running W gag, as they say in the business. Um, and they actually <laughs> banned the running W stunt in the 80s, I think. It was actually that late. And uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fantastic set piece. Um, and uh, we lose a couple of characters here. Oh, only one character actually dies. It's the card shark uh, gambler. And there's a great shot, man. Um, when it, it appears to be that everything is like uh, doomed for these guys. The Indians are too many. Um, they're about to die, everybody. 
and they're losing, they're running out of bullets, and uh, the card shark dude has only one bullet left in his gun, and he has um, uh, been smitten a bit with the, the uh, lady that gave birth earlier, um, and he thinks, oh, I should kill her now and make sure she doesn't uh, uh, fall into the hands of the Apaches. Uh, and so he, he um, positions his gun at her head, um, and we only see her face and uh, his hand holding the gun. And then we hear a shot, and we see his hand and his gun falling away. And she is uh, still in the frame, looking away, and then she hears the cavalry, uh, the trumpet of the cavalry, and she realizes, oh, we're saved. Uh, but doesn't realize herself that she was saved just a couple of seconds earlier um, by uh, Apache shot, I guess. That shot Hatfield, the card shark. So yeah, pretty great stuff, actually. He uses um, uh, framing and imagery and the um, and timing a lot uh, to great effect in his uh, shots, John Ford. I agree. <laughs> great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, we finally roll into town, uh, to our final destination, uh, and we are setting up for the classic Western duel, man. Yeah, and it's a long uh, setup. Yeah. Uh, with many different uh, s- small acts, uh, and... and uh, yeah, it's just a show-off in uh, directing, I suppose. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, uh, you talked about... You mentioned uh, Sergio Leone earlier. I was thinking he, he is also a master at build-up. Mm. So yeah. did you get the feel here as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. I love how he cuts between uh, characters. Um, we, we follow uh, Ringo Kid and uh, Dallas as they're walking through town. Um, and uh, Dallas is sort of uh, finally um, telling Ringo the Kid uh, that she's a prostitute by showing him to her quarters or the part of town where she resides. Um, And as he realizes, he doesn't care. He's a good guy with a good heart and he's he's fallen in love with her. He doesn't care. Um, And... John Ford is um, intercutting this uh, these scenes with the bad guys at the saloon, <laughs> and yeah, the plumbers. And these guys, <laughs> these guys are on edge, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great scenes at the at the bar where they where they're getting ready. Yeah, uh, you talked about the pianist and. Yeah, the pianist who's playing dramatic... The music isn't that dramatic, but he's playing it like it. he's building up. <laughs> yeah. and, and later, when, when they're at the bar and uh, the other two arrive, uh, there's this uh, wonderful scene without music. There's just a wonderful play with silence mm. uh, in this scene that is uh, both... Both it builds tension and, and then there's this awkward uh, silences as well. It's just uh, really funny and uh, put a great use. Yeah, this... Uh, At other parts, I, I think the music is a bit uh, obnoxious. Uh, as it always is <laughs> you know, in you these know movies. <laughs> so the, si- the silence here maybe 
works even better because the music in the scene just before is a bit obnoxious. So, so the silence is really welcome. Yeah, there, and so. all of the music, greatly uh, all of the music in the saloon is uh, diegetic music by the pianist. Uh, so that falls into the the mood building. There I was guess. a part of the music I really liked. There's uh, when when they're out in the sandstorm uh, early. Mm, yeah. The the strings are emulating the the harsh winds. Mm, yeah. Uh, and o- almost go for some psycho style. Wee wee wee. I really like that. <laughs> that part. Yeah, well I guess uh, Bernard Herrmann was working in the 30s. He must have been because well, he was pretty old when he did like the Psycho soundtrack and <laughs> stuff like that. But uh, I haven't actually... I mean, it's not him doing the, the music for Stagecoach. But uh, maybe someone was uh, inspired somewhere uh, by something. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> someone Who knows? <laughs> Who knows these things? <laughs> We're just a couple of geezers sitting here, everybody. <laughs> Uh, we we probably could have read up on everything about this. But song, I mean, but <laughs> it reminds that's not me. Our style. It reminds me. There's a there's a couple of great geezers as the stagecoach is uh, coming into town. Uh, they're they're okay. screaming to each other. Hey, it's the Ringo Kid! Great geezer delivery there. Um, yeah, they they run and tell uh, the the plumber. The plumber. The plumber. Yeah, the plumbers, the bad guys. Uh, I mean, the Luke Plumber, um, the, the main bad guy who killed uh, Ringo the Kid's brother. He's a big uh, log of a man. Yeah, big log of a man. And he almost doesn't say anything. I mean, he says a couple of lines uh, at the end as he's about to go out from the saloon. But he, he just uh, sort of emulates his emotions with his eyes and his body language. Which is uh, a nice uh, choice from Ford. Um, and, and, and I mean, they, they have, throughout the movie, they have talked about this, uh, hinting at this duel, probably uh, that it will uh, come. And I, I, earlier I was afraid maybe they, they skip it. They just talk about it, hyping it up mm. and don't do anything with it. And then we get this. As, I mean, this build up is uh, it's a chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 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 I, uh, there's so many details and uh, uh, things going on and it it's just uh, perfectly orchestrated I would say mm. and then when uh, it's time for the duel John Wayne just jumps at the camera yeah. throwing himself to the ground shotgun style and uh, we cut, cut away and the duel is out of frame you love that stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> I know. I know. The the art of of set, uh, staging uh, action scenes out of frame is uh, one of my. Uh, I don't know. I, I just love it. Yeah, I mean, you you got it. I mean, if all action movies were that, it would be a bit uh, disappointing. Absolutely, but we've I mean, gotten a great set piece uh, just uh, a couple of minutes before this, so we're not, uh, you know, um, starving for action. We've just had a long, fantastic action piece. So it's great to see John Ford building to another action piece. And then just have the balls to like, ah, you're not getting it. Amazing. But yeah, it's a very nice shot as he's jumping towards the camera. Um, he's jumping towards the ground 
and fires a shot and then poof it's dark and then we cut yeah, cool as hell and then we cut away to dallas i think it is <laughs> who's who hears the shot and thinks uh, ringo has been killed but pow, pow, pow. i mean he's john wayne he uh, escapes um he shoots the bad guys and uh, they ride off not into the sunset, I think. They're riding into the opposite. <laughs> the sunrise. <laughs> the sunrise. The sunrise. <laughs> uh, yeah. They ride into the opposite. Ah, because uh, the fight has taken place during night. Uh, so there's a lot of shadow yeah, so play going on as uh, they're walking towards yeah. each other. Uh, the plumbers and the shadows. Uh, Kid. Yeah, great shadows. Uh, Michael, <laughs> Michael Curtis was, was uh, seeing this and going, yes, yes, I approve. Okay, I so approve. it's Ma- Michael Curtis approved and uh, Geezer approved. <laughs> Stagecoach got it it's all. An, <laughs> it's a Podhard approved action classic. It is. Oh yeah, and did you see Donald Meek um, and uh, the Boozy Doctor? They had a great relationship. Uh, I mean, the Boozy Doctor, of course, loves Donald Meek's character, Peacock, uh, because he's a whiskey salesman and has a lot of, uh, um, like, samples uh, that he's traveling with. So the Doctor sort of very kindly but very forcefully <laughs> um, becomes buds with uh, this very meek character played by Donald Meek. And there's a couple of great scenes between these geezers. <laughs> One of these, I mean, first of all, when, when, uh, when Donald Meek uh, picks out his Sherlock Holmes hat and puts it on uh, while they're riding in the stagecoach, I was like uh, shrieking with joy. It was a fantastic sight. Yeah, you're you're weak for the hat, hats. I'm weak for the hats, man. But it got even better, man. Uh, there later on, there's a scene where uh, the doctor is wiping away <laughs> the tears, uh, Donald Meek's tears, with his own handkerchief. It was uh, it was spitting out water. Great. Oh, fantastic. Love these dudes. Love these geezers. 